Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Shit Show. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. That's totally awkward random. Kilda, everyone. Squish and I have just been laughing off mic about this gag that we absolutely cannot explain. This is going to be the worst gatekeeping thing that we might have ever done. I was going to say, the last thing we said before we turned on the recording was, oh, that's a visual gag you just can't explain over a <laughs> podcast medium. And what does she do? First thing she does... Kia ora, everyone. Um, there's a joke I can't explain. <laughs> oh, look, I'm trying to like remain transparent and authentic while knowing that we can't fucking tell them the joke. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Anyway, you guys can ponder on what the really hilarious thing could possibly be. Squish, how are you this morning? That's so cruel. Um, good, Lucy. I've just had a spoonful of vanilla Greek yogurt, so oh, I'm ready to go. Honestly, that sounds like a very classy way to start the morning. <laughs> when in reality, it was me going to the fridge thinking, oh, <laughs> what can yeah, I have? Homer what Simpson. can I have right now? Mm. Oh, I could have dipped a strawberry in it. Oh, that would have been good. I might do that after. Huh? That would have been really fancy. Mm. Nick, great news from the shit show world we were nominated for a new zealand podcast award oh, i know how cool another one yeah for everyone um that's just joined us or actually nick spotify wrapped came out today so i think we'll see some people's top podcasts might be the shit show so. yeah i was gonna say that's pretty presumptuous <laughs> or, well people have been sending me their top podcast being culture vulture and i'm assuming some people out there like the news, so maybe, yeah, maybe. some people see yeah. the shit show. Yeah, well, um, for those who have just joined us maybe this year, we – what did we win last year? Best Independent Podcast and yep. Listener's Choice, which yep. Listener's Choice is like the big one. Best Independent, those fucking cool because, as you all know, it's 6am. We literally get up and do this from our respective bedrooms or homes. So mm-hmm. this year we're in Best Current current events or current affairs i actually don't hold out much hope that we'll win it because it's like some fucking good ones oh i know yeah like um gone by lunchtime i love that one I but love- it's, it's very it's very different to ours yes ours is like let us like take what's happened in the world chew it up and spit it out with some like funny funny shit in there <laughs> and theirs is like straight up we have really good takes on on New Zealand's politics, and we're funny. And we actually know what we're talking about. Yeah, but I will say, this year, if you want to vote for Listener's Choice, please vote for Culture Vulture. Um, That's our pop culture podcast. So you just go to the New Zealand podcast homepage, you put in Culture Vulture, you link to Culture Vulture, and then, I don't know, hopefully the Listener's Choice wins. But all in all, very cool to be nominated these awards are really new and random and often radio shows win that have just like chopped up their radio shows and put them into podcasts. So it'd be nice to see that not happen this year. 
Squish, what was the weirdest thing you saw on the internet this week? Yeah, so my weirdest thing is really niche this week, and it really only applies to me. Um, so I can't be going like, go search this up because it's hilarious. Because it's on my, in particular, Facebook, my my personal one, it's just serving up Elvis Presley content to me. Like so much Elvis Presley. It's really um, mostly from the Elvis Presley uh, remembered Forever Facebook group. And now, Lucy, I'll just have to turn you off FaceTime for a second because I've, I've screenshotted a couple of posts from, from what I've seen. I first noticed this, and then I was walking around the winery thinking of Elvis Presley for some reason. I was like, why the hell am I listening? Why am I thinking about Elvis Presley? And then I remembered I saw a couple of posts on my Facebook pop-up. Um, so I've got one here, Elvis Presley remembered forever. Um, it's about John John Lennon talking about Elvis Presley. There's a one here. There's a photo of Elvis Presley with his daughter Lisa Marie driving in a car, and apparently it was the last photo ever snapped of him and his daughter Lisa Marie. Um, did you know the entryway to Graceland? There is a hidden secret many fans do not know. I didn't know that, but now I do because of the Elvis Presley remembered forever uh, Facebook group. Do you know the secret? Um, there is a hidden mural behind the wallpaper in the foyer of Graceland. Actually, the mural is still there to this day. A photograph of Elvis with a March of Dimes patient in 1958. He's playing with her in the hallway at Graceland. Just another reason why he will never be forgotten, always in our hearts, forever remembered. Space, two exclamation points. Um, and there were many more before I decided to start screenshotting them. So yeah. it's kind of niche and weird and odd, but that's my weirdest thing. That is a great weirdest thing. I remember this happened a few a few months ago and my like girls group chat was popping off because Facebook was just serving up something fucked up had gone on with their like news feed preferences or whatever. And we were all just seeing normal people like commenting on celebrities' pages. So we'd be, we'd just be scrolling through our feeds and it'd be like, Kylie Jenner, I'm your biggest fan. Like we would just be seeing all these people posting on celebrities' pages on our personal news feed. So I wonder if you're having a bit of a glitch there. I mean, I've never once listened to Elvis Presley on my yeah. own, like on my own volition. So, so I don't know why the algorithm thinks I need to look at him. Um, Do you know what it might be? And I, this is the only time I'm going to talk about it on this podcast because I've talked about it on Culture Vulture and I've fucking squeezed it for everything it's worth. But Matty Healy right now oh, is in Jesus, Elvis, Elvis no. era. I knew <laughs> this was going to swing around to Matty Healy at some point. I was going to say at the start of the podcast, you've had one hell of a week, haven't you, Lucy? Jesus, it's been a roller coaster. From what I can tell by your likes on Twitter, fuck's sake. <laughs> you should see Matty Healy's likes on Twitter. They are fucking... Crazy. Well, that's another thing. All my freaking Twitter is just Matty Healy content because of you. Even things that you haven't liked. It's like, Matty Healy's kissed another person. It's like, Jesus Christ, I know. Because I've seen it about 100 million times. That's how um, rabbit holes begin. You don't even want to be finding this content. And unfortunately, Matty Healy and Elvis are now everything to you. Well, yeah, Elvis used to kiss fans in the crowd. That's what Matty Healy's doing at the moment. That was my little um, segue there. Is he going to do a little little jiggy thing with his knee when he's dancing? Oh, Matty well, Healy. actually, oh, Matty Healy has like... Four different, no, or sorry, like a few different characters that he sings, like voices that he uses to sing. And one of them is his, like, Elvis voice, like Elvis persona, sort of. And it's like, 
He does the Elvis knees. He does the dance. He goes, we've got to talk about the people, boo-boo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, you may be able to tell, but Lucy's gone really excited because she started talking really fast. And actually, he actually does do the Elvis thing. And he uh, does the Elvis knee and he does the Elvis voice. I don't want to talk boo-boo. <laughs> See, everybody, she's gone. She's she's just gone. This isn't Nick shitting on fandoms. Nick loves fandoms. No, I do. I do. I'm shitting on you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and honestly, fucking fair enough because I have like I have actually gone psycho over the past <laughs> I saw a tweet this morning from you and it was just <laughs> Maddie Healy and Bo Burnham in capital letters. <laughs> And I was like, oh, Lucy's Spotify rap came out. No, it wasn't even that. It was that he put Bo Burnham on his Instagram story. <laughs> anyway, wow, really have already strayed from the role I set for myself in my head before getting off on this podcast. Um, oh, but if you do want to hear about the girl that kissed Mandy Healy, uh, she talked to us and I talked about it on Culture Vulture and she's fucking cool. Anyway, Squish, I have been sending you my weirdest thing of the week. Yeah, you have. And also... It also leads into my first news story, so I thought I'd better give you... I'd better be sending you a bunch of content. I hope this comes across just by me saying it. But, Nick, the weird little TikTok creature in the green hat and the white robe thing, and people are gaslighting their little siblings or their kids into thinking, that was you as a baby, (laughs) and it's, like, flying around. Ruby, I'm going to get you to insert the sound here. That's you when you were a baby. Oh, I don't know that. Can you remember that? No. That's you. Hello. Was I going into the... Was I going into... Nick, why every time I see this, like, quite a menacing little, little thing, I find it quite menacing, um... It makes me piss myself because the internet has just decided we're going to do a universal, like, gaslight. And who came up with this joke? Well, Lucy, are we we witnessing a giant social experiment unfolding right in front of our eyes? Are we going to have a generation of kids that are are haunted by this little thing because they were (laughs) gaslit into thinking that it was them as a child? And maybe... Maybe it's the <laughs> it's the TikTok being owned by the Chinese. Um, we could go into conspiracy theories there about maybe <laughs> that they're trying to bring down like individual individual consciousness. And so we exactly. all have like you you all have the same memory. Yeah, exactly. When you were a baby. We are all the same. Do you do you remember do you remember that being you as a child, Lucy? I remember. <laughs> I remember putting on that outfit. Yeah, but I don't remember flying around. <laughs> you don't remember spinning around. <laughs> Low-care does remind me of something from RuneScape. Well, I was going to say, as you were talking about, is this just a big social experiment? Like, you know when you are little... You were thinking about Maddie Healy, weren't you? No, you you know when you're little (laughs) and you look at photos of you and you think you can remember, like that photo then turns into a memory in your head, but like you don't actually remember it. That actually could happen with this TikTok. Like all these people could accidentally have this memory of like, nah, I'm sure I did something fucking weird in a little white. Yeah, but no, like the memories of like that are like me sitting on a in a <laughs> field in, well, yeah, me particularly, like, I can't speak for you, yes. in, in corduroys and a skivvy sitting in a field in Geraldine. <laughs> and I can sort of go back to that, but that's normal. Like that could have happened. 
I don't yeah. think anyone's oh, going to look back and think, oh, maybe I did whiz around in a little <laughs> in a little outfit with a little green hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, I love that um, all the comments are like, oh, I remember that. Oh, this is me. It's just popped up on my FYP. And then people are going, how is this you when it's me as a baby? Like, all the comments are so funny. I might start commenting that on the Elvis Presley Remembered Forever Facebook group. Yes. Oh, my God, I remember that. <laughs> You should call this me. was me as a baby. <laughs> Just be like, oh, I love when Maddie Healy hides secret murals in his house at Graceland. His whole family tree popped up. Someone had like done the lineage of his family tree. Anyway, anyway, um, I was about to say, geez, that's that's gone a bit far. But then I'm like, mm, Lucy, you can probably relate, darling. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> you've got the Maddie Healy family tree saved, unfinished on you. <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing he, after this. He has a little brother and two Nepo parents, oh. so I do actually know the family tree to that extent. Um, and what do their grandparents do? Anyway, no, don't start. <laughs> anyway, oh, he, well, he wrote a song about his nana, so she's passed away. Anyway, too, 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 too far. Um, it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Oh, the yeah, reason. Now you got this, me in the feels. <laughs> the reason that this leads into my first story, just a really quick story. Um, Gaslighting squish is the word of the year. Uh, no, it's not. You're just saying that. I was about to say, or are you just going crazy? So Merriam-Webster has done their annual word of the year. And I'm not going to lie. I actually like the word of the year things when they come out, Squish. I didn't think it was controversial. Yeah. I didn't think anybody was particularly hating it. No, I don't know if anyone particularly hates it, but I can. Fe- I feel like it could be a thing where people are like, oh, that's so bogus and so stupid or whatever. For some reason, I kind of like them. I don't love colour of the year. You know how they do? Colour of the year. Well, blue is my colour of the year. I'm not sure. And they're, they're probably a little bit more specific. They've probably got RGB codes that floating around, don't they? My word of the year is... Schneebly. <laughs> no, it's not that. Oh, I can't think of any words. That's I don't okay. Know. I didn't actually ask, but that was really good that you like leaned in and tried. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, because if, because yeah, because everybody needs to know my opinion on words. Oh, well, that's why we give you a bloody platform, Dal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seriously, they want to hear you. Anyway, just a little bit about gaslighting, um, and all of this is true. I'm not making you crazy by telling you lies. Um, it had a. 17,040% increase in lookups over the past year comes from the title of a 1938 play and then a movie based on that play. Now, we actually have in the archives of The Shit Show, which you should go and listen to, an episode called WTF is Gaslighting, where Rubes and I make a pact to stop using gaslighting as like, a, you know, we used to do the thing where it's like, oh, stop gaslighting me, or you're gaslighting yourself. But we'd use it out of context and just really like, fuck up the meaning anyway we explain the history and what gaslighting really means it basically means you are making someone feel like they're crazy for something that they're not crazy for thinking so it comes from this husband slowly turning down the gas lights in his house every night or over a period of time so that his wife 
would go crazy because she goes to him, I swear it's getting dimmer in here. And he's like, no, it's not, darling. Like, blah, blah, blah. Every day he's making it dimmer and then telling her she's going crazy for believing something that he's he's actually doing. <laughs> I was going to say, Lucy, you sitting there with your maniacal Maddie Healy eyes <laughs> and your hair going everywhere in your dressing gown. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Nick's gaslighting y'all. I'm not actually. I don't look like that. I look really chic right now. But yeah, she's <laughs> she's in her Louis Vuitton dress and um, her slick back. I will say this morning I was doing this fucked up thing where I just could not, would not get up. So I was like putting on the snooze for like four minute periods just so I could have like. What time? What time's your alarm on a Thursday morning? If I've written the newsletter, written the newsletter, I haven't actually sent it out yet this morning. Today's was five. 5 30 because i was like i'll write the news that after oh yeah if i want to do it all beforehand oh i've done a 4 30 get up on a on a thursday which is good because then i'm alive jesus anyway merriam webster back to the word of the year they said it is a totally real world it, it is it is a totally real world it, it is a totally what is it, <laughs> it real is word totally a real word oh my god it is totally a real word and not something we made up just to mess with you Fuck, it's like they made that mm. sentence up just a mess of me. Yeah, Jesus. I was going to say, Lucy, you could hardly handle that. <laughs> Other contenders for word of the year were oligarch, Omicron, Codify, LGBTQIA, sentient, Lomi. What the fuck is that? L-O-A-M-Y. Um, loam is a type of soil, oh? but I'm sure they don't mean that. Raid and queen consort. Now, do you want to do a... I don't have Wi-Fi at the moment, everyone. Someone's yeah. cut our fibre cable. But, um, Nick, can you do a little live Google on Lomi? Lomi. L-O-A-M-Y, right? Yeah. Hmm. Denoting or relating to a fertile soil of clay and sand. Wow. Um, that, why yeah. were so many people searching that? Maybe because they don't understand the word, just like us. And they've just done that. Walnut trees prefer moist, well-drained, loamy soil. Oh. And it's really good to go mountain biking on. If you've got, like, lo- loamy soil, good good riding. Okay. Your eyes lit up just like mine do when I talk about um, Matty Healy, Squish. Matty Healy, yeah. Thinking about loamy soil. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, right. So that was my first news story. Sto- that was my first news story. Gaslighting is the word of the year. Squish, we've got a little... Got a little combined moment. Yeah, a little two-up. <laughs> a little two-up. What are we talking about, Dar? We're talking about China. Mm. And rare protests. Not rare protests, but rare, like, collective protests in China. Yeah, so for the first time in decades, um, thousands of people across China have defied the authorities to protest um, on the streets of the major cities. Um, they're demanding to be freed not only from like the ongoing COVID lockdowns, but also the the ongoing strict censorship and the Communist Party's like, tightening grip over sort of all of the aspects of their life. So across the country, want freedom has become a rallying cry of the protest, mainly led by the younger generation. Um, some of them too young to have you know taken part in previous protests and acts mm-hmm. of dissent against the government like Tiananmen Square. Um, mm. So it was kind of sparked by the ongoing discontent with COVID policies. The protests started following a fire on Thursday in the western province of Xinjiang that killed 10 people. Um, there are videos circulating online that seem to suggest that China's strict zero COVID policy initially prevented emergency workers from um, accessing the scene, which 
really angered residents across the country who have endured three years of this these COVID controls. So obviously this may have mm. been the the final straw and like, okay, well, they're actually costing human lives on such a visceral scale. Now, of course, Xi Jinping is having none of it, um, as you'd expect. They're using the usual CCP tactic of not mentioning it in any official communication. So obviously if they bought it up and it was published in the Chinese newspapers, plenty would, more people would know about these protests and they don't mm-hmm. want to sow that sort of seed. Um, so they're not mentioning it at all. The only way that protesters are able to organise is through like Western social media. Mm. WeChat is very um, locked down by the Chinese government, so they can't use that to to share documents or anything like that. Um, they're also using the their, their police force to swiftly break up and squash the efforts uh, before they get too out of hand over there. Mm. This is. One thing that I've been thinking about a lot this week is is the world, for for us particularly, if Twitter didn't exist, because I know it's hard to verify, obviously, and it's really important to make sure you're verifying um, the videos and things you're seeing on Twitter, but it's been one of the only ways where I can, like, I can read what the BBC and the New York Times are writing about it, but they can only write so much and they have to independently verify everything. On Twitter, you can actually go and see videos um, and be careful with what you're saying because a lot of them, you know, might be from previous protests or other countries or whatever. But there is actually quite a lot out there, kind of especially under Elon Musk's like very hands off rule. Um, a lot of protest videos from China are circulating and it's kind of like something we've not seen before because, like you said, the Communist Party shuts down mm. most. Well, they they don't want they have their own internet essentially. They don't want people using these Western um, platforms, and so it's actually been really interesting to see it. This is I heard um uh, one of the lead editors from the New York Times, can't remember his name, talking about this, saying that it's actually a huge, huge story, and like you said, the only reason that it's feeling like it's just bubbling away or under the surface is because we can't find out that much information but it's actually enormous that this is happening in China mm. right now. On the on the protesting front, um, I read a really good piece in Bloomberg yesterday about how students, like you said Nick, Gen Z, who have sort of been known to they call it life flat over in China and just like their lives have been set up to be quite prosperous because of the like nine they were born in the 90s and, and early 2000s and it was all looking like you know China was locking down everything so that the Chinese citizens could quote unquote have like really good futures and so everyone thought oh Gen Z are just gonna like roll with that they're gonna be fine we've set this all up really well for them that seems to not be the case now that this has happened a lot of the universities were where um these protests were sort of bubbling up in a lot of people have been protesting with something called the Friedman equation um so there's been a few interpretations of this they've been holding up this like a, this mathematical equation on their on their bits of paper and it's some people are saying it's because it sounds like free man, like the Friedman equation, and it's it's quite it's a creative way of being able to say what they want to say without being scared that they're going to go to prison for dissenting um, or speaking against the government. Yeah. But then other interpretations have been like um, the whole Friedman equation is about like 
is used to explain an opening and expanding universe and they're really fucked off with this zero COVID policy and how it's shutting everyone down, locking people away, fucking up people's lives. You can and almost so, write a um, an English report on just that. You um, actually... Honestly, I love I love the the um the protesters um because there was one instance in China I mean obviously it was in China in Shanghai sorry where um the police were trying to shut it down and they the protesters were obviously chanting anti COVID slogans like we don't want to be locked down um, we don't want tests and the the police were like no, no don't chant anti COVID protests so they just switched it up and like we want lockdowns <laughs> we want we want tests. Oh my god! Which, I, honestly, that smart. Like, and and it's so hard. It must be so hard for them to like form their own opinions and things like that when all their press is state sponsored. Like everything they're being hmm. fed is one way of thinking. And this is really interesting, Nick, because I've been seeing a bit of. Um, oh, so the Western media or the Western people are going to support anti-COVID protests now that it's happening in China, but when it was happening in their countries, like when we were having anti-lockdown protests, et cetera, et cetera, like you hated it, like blah, blah, blah. This is different. Like I think we do need to draw a line in the sand and say these people – have been they've been going for zero COVID. They haven't been going for let's do these things to protect the community and then we can go back back to a normal way of living. Which is like what we've done here and which like Australia and other countries in Europe, you know, most countries have opted to do. Um they don't have a silver lining. They have we are just gonna go for zero COVID forever. So you'll be locked down for years, you'll lose money, you won't be able to see your family, you won't be able to get into a burning building to save people. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I think it's important distinction. And also there's been so many things going on in China for so long that COVID and this instance is probably just the the as I said before, like the final straw, you know, the straw that mm. broke the camel's back sort of thing. You know Yes. People have probably wanted to to rise up for a while. And they've yes, finally reached breaking 100%. point. Yeah, and it's not about um, it's not about them having to get vaccinated, and it's not about them having to wear masks like it has been particularly here. It is about them actually losing their livelihood for years mm. because they're locked down and they don't see an end to it. So I just did think it's important to note that you can't actually conflate the two, um, which people like to do on Twitter and, and on the internet. They like to just flatten things flatten things out. And, yeah, exactly. Make things know? quite one-dimensional and sort of think that yes. every rule applies to them in the same way, but no. Yes, but believe it or not, different contexts means that things are different. One other way that people are protesting, Nick, kind of on what we were talking about before, is mm-hmm. they're just holding up bits of blank paper which this actually started in Hong Kong, you know, when that new security law came in and it was like, you're not allowed to say anything against the government or you'll go to jail. Like, honestly, that's not even, that is not even a um, exaggeration, really. So activists were holding up blank pieces of paper to show that they were protesting, but to keep themselves safe because the police couldn't see what they were protesting about it was sort of left to interpretation so someone said like it's kind of to say are you gonna arrest me for holding a sign saying nothing and and it's just like so true they are being very creative and I wish that I honestly I wish there was more coverage of this for us to learn and yeah yeah exactly I know because it seems like such a major thing but Nick 
something that there is a bit of coverage on, and we've spoken about uh-huh. it. And actually, we did a really good episode on it. Um, the World Cup in Qatar. Go and listen to last week's episode if you want a bit of background as to why, as to why it's a bit controversial, should we say, Squish? A bit controversial, yeah. Bit controversial, but something, something. You've got a hero. You've got a World Cup hero. I've got a hero. I've got someone we can all rally behind. Um, his name is not Messi, Ronaldo, or Mbappe. He's not scoring or saving goals either. His name is Mario Ferri. He's also known as the Falcon, and he is an Italian footballer with the second division Indian side, United Sports Club. Um, he won't be remembered for playing this World Cup, though, but he did make his mark on the pitch. During the second half of the group stage match between Uruguay and Portugal, Ferry stormed onto the pitch waving a rainbow flag while wearing a blue Superman shirt with Save Ukraine on the front and Respect for Iranian Women on the back. Sorry, he is doing the most with what he's got, right? Oh my god, three big bases yeah. covered. Yeah. One, you know. One moment. One hit. Three goals with one kick. So, obviously, Ferry was chased by security across the field as he, you know, held his pride flag above his head um, in Lusail in Qatar before he was eventually grabbed and led away. The match referee, who coincidentally is Iranian himself, uh, picked up the pride flag after it was dropped on the turf as the protester was bundled off to allow the game to continue after just a few minutes of interruption. Um, so this guy... He has invaded pitches several times before, wearing his signature Superman shirt in Italy. And the more I, the more I like dug into the story, the the more of a legend I realised this guy was. So he's done this many times before in Italy and in South America to to raise awareness for issues, including Save Favela children. So obviously, when the World Cup was in Brazil, mm-hmm. um, and back in two thousand and nine, he invaded an Italy versus Netherlands game. This um this invasion, this pitch invasion, <laughs> wasn't for such for such noble causes, but. I mean, you could probably argue it kind of kind of was an important cause. And so back in 2009, he invaded an Italy versus Netherlands match, demanding that striker Antonio Cassano be called up to the World Cup squad. Um, he wasn't called up. So Ferry went back to the World Cup that summer in South Africa with a message for the head coach, Marcelo Lippi, um, whose Italian team, without Cassano, had already crashed out. Um, he came in with the message, Lippy, I told you so. So he was <laughs> so, just really dedicated but, to getting this guy on the team. Yeah, he loved this guy. <laughs> but he was also dedicated to like actually important things. Yeah. So earlier this year, um, Ferry has been volunteering as a humanitarian in Ukraine, driving <laughs> refugees over the border. He said, I go to Lviv, look for people that need help, and I drive for 5, 10, 15 hours. Lviv is like a harbour for Ukrainians who want to leave the country. Um, So he's been posting about it on his social media. So this guy is actually a legend. He's actually a legend. Doing way better than literally anyone I know. Like, sorry, that's... There There was another quote where he was like, I get really angry when people ask to be paid for work like this. Like, this is something that you should get up and just want to do. Um, so, so yeah. God, okay, that is um, Mario Fury. Yeah, is the is the goat. Mario Fury is the is Falcon, the but he's the yeah. goat. Fucking hell, that's like that's better than my good news story. Which my good news story is like good, but that could double. That's nice. Cause yeah. Usually we have um, we have to balance out the story, the bad stories with the good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels like a really good one. Um, oh, what a what a legend! Eh? Such a legend. My. Speaking of my good news story, um, Nick, researchers have 3D printed a fully recyclable house all from natural materials, and it actually looks cool. Oh, that's important. 
Yeah, it's actually sick because naturally, you know how there's this thing called a housing shortage. Uh-huh. I'm well aware. And it sucks. Well, researchers in Maine have sort of taken it upon themselves to try and figure out this ish. They have used one of the world's largest 3D printers to create the first 3D printed home. And it's, like I said before, it's made entirely out of bio-based materials because usually when people try to solve the housing crisis or housing shortage, the obviously the default is like to do it cheaply, mass build, but that's just using heaps of fucking like concrete and shit that, like in clay, you know, shit that doesn't break down or isn't recyclable or whatever. But I get it because we need to build houses mm-hmm. and, you know. But the University of Maine, the researchers have found an alternative. And so they've 3D print um, like the floors, the walls and the roof. It's made out of sustainably sourced wood fibers and biological resin. It's also the house is fully recyclable and it doesn't require weeks and months work of like construction after you 3d print everything you can build what they've called the bio home 3d in half a day hell yeah so you print it all that could take a while i have i don't actually know how long that takes um but you could mass you know get some mass printing going and then it took an electrician who we actually need right now because we're out of wi-fi um (laughs) only two hours to wire the whole house for electricity so i'm just i'm just googling it oh my god that looks cool yeah, it looks sick, eh? It looks like like a mid-century sort of Art Deco-style house. Yes. That looks sick. It looks... That, like, they look great. They're not ugly. They don't look Damn. like a flat pack. Like I'd, um, live, I'd live in that. Home. Yeah. It's like a tiny home, but it's... it's Yeah, like but got a bit more so edge. cool. How do they yeah. do that? I oh, know. that's so cool. So, obviously, I don't want to be that person, but I will just really quickly. It doesn't take into account, you know, like, the power and the energy used to do all this printing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. this is fucking good. Like, this is net, net good problem solving from these university researchers in Maine. I've got a question, Liz. Mm-hmm. Could a big bad wolf huff and puff and blow the house down? Um, Depends at what point of the half a day it comes when it's being set up. Okay, so... But I don't I'm think so. So that's a pretty resounding no, then. No, I don't think it could, but maybe a big bag beer. <laughs> could, Since yeah, you love may- beers. Yeah, maybe um, Hank the Tank could come and rip it a bit. <laughs> Hank the Tank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hank the Tank. I hope he's if, doing if well. We, if we had the type of audience that liked merch, Hank the Tank merch would be fucking crack up. Oh my god, yeah, I'd wear Hank the Tank shit show merch. Can we just make some anyway? Just do like a, just make a real limited run, like 10 shirts. And just, yeah, that'd be kind of. If if you want to buy a Hank, if you want to buy the Hank the Tank t shirt, hit me up. Yeah. They're $1,000 each. (laughs) Just to cover our costs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, anyway, team, um, for me, anyway, that is all that I've got for you. Uh, Squish, you got any last really imp words? Let me just look in there. Nope, we've reached the bottom of the um, of the Google Docs. I think that's us, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Everyone, thank you so much um, for listening. If you do want, if you've liked this podcast, you'll really like Culture Vulture and you should vote for it as listeners. Oh, Nick, but if you like Culture Vulture, you may even like this one more. You, we have to give both our children love, and this one got nominated on merit, so you should be you should well, be. Proud. I'm 
I'm the step parent, so I don't actually. No, yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah. so I don't actually give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually like the other one. I just show up each week and hope you're not my out. real dad. <laughs> anyway, um, you can find Squish over on the Shit Show Instagram account. Hit him up if you want some Hank the Tank merch. You can find <laughs> yeah. me on the other side of the Shit Show. Uh, no, you can find me on the other side of the morning newsletter, also in um, Substack chat, which is actually really fun. Send through, I'm going to make a Spotify wrapped um, chat, I think, so that people can send through all the things that make them them. Nick? Have you done your, have you done your Spotify rap, Lucy? Sorry, um, I don't want to derail your outro. No, I have, and it's so predictable. It's Harry Styles' As It Was, top song, and then I think it's the 1975 Noah Kahan stick season, the 1975 again, and maybe Taylor Swift. Like it's so predict. So I don't, I don't really use Spotify that much. Um, so it's a little bit skewed. But my top song was "More Than Enough" by the Universal Togetherness Band. Oh, I don't know that, but it sounds really wholesome. It's a good song. I played it 11 times apparently. Oh, that's not a lot, is it? I know that's, that's why it's kind of like oh. No, Nick, mine's actually my. Two two of my top songs are Harry Styles, two of them are the 1975, and one of them is Stick Season by Noah Kahan. But my top artist is Taylor Swift, so there you go. Where's Bo Burner? Anyway, team, sorry that we've derailed the outro. Yeah, yeah. You've probably stopped listening a long time ago, and Ruby's probably, like, fucking shaking her fists at us. <sighs> yeah, probably. and I don't blame her, and I don't blame any of you. No, we don't blame you, shit show listeners. We love you. Anyway, we will see you next week, team. Bye. Bye.